No expiration date. Oh my god. My what? name is Matthew Crow. And Matthew Crow, I'm just eating some canned chili. Oh. You want some? My name is Shahir Dowd. And this is the only podcast about movies. Get it together, Matt. Get it together. This is an important one. This is a big one. Specifically the film Jujitsu. Jujitsu. Conveniently featuring no jujitsu. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, We'll get into it. But listen, hi, everyone. I'm so sorry for that unprofessional... (laughs) introduction i imagine you heard me wheezing and the audio peaked and and i I just really you know i wanted to give this movie the exact amount of reverence it deserves right up top um uh we're gonna get to it in a little bit but you hear how 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 are you how are you holding up uh covid holding up or jujitsu holding up i don't think which which I haven't thought about COVID. The positive about jujitsu that I can say right away is I haven't thought about COVID since I watched it. Um, okay. Okay. Now, look, I don't know if that's a pro or a con. When did you it's... watch it? Just, just, just so I know. Uh, like it wasn't cool. like like five minutes ago, right? No, it was um, uh, Monday. <laughs> okay. I think. All right. Um, yeah. No, it's been the only thing on my mind. Really? And yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm uh, I'm doing well. It's been incredibly busy right now. Projects coming in left and right, trying to get wrap up to the end of the year, all that good stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, we have a couple of uh, exciting guests for episodes coming up as well, which I'm really uh, thrilled about. Um, so I think our next couple of weeks, for the first time in a while, our next couple of weeks of movies is kind of lined up right now, uh, That's which hasn't happened for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited about that. Um, movie watching wise, I've been watching uh, Small Acts on uh, Amazon Prime, Mangrove, and Lovers Rock, which I really highly recommend. Nice. Uh, ongoing debate on Twitter right now as to whether they're a movies or, t- or a TV show. Uh, Why? That's a lot of fun. Well, because they're five over 90-minute films. However, they're released as part of an anthology from a single director, and so people are asking, is that TV or is that movies? I don't know. That, that, I think they're films. If, they're, if, they're, <laughs> if it's an anthology and not a continual story, Story. Yeah, uh, there, there's arguments about. To be honest, I don't care. Um, I'm Fair. really enjoying them. Steve McQueen's great, so you know, nice. take that with what you will. Um, trying to debate whether I should buy Spider-Man for the PS4 because I'm not going to buy a PS5 for a little bit. Uh yes, you 100 percent should. And it so is I, right a before, delight. Right before we did Miles Morales, uh, yeah, right before Spider-Man. we got onto this episode, I was like watching some comparison side by side of uh, the PS4 versus the PS5 of Miles Morales. I got to be honest with you. I know the tick for PS5 is amazing and, you know, like the ray tracing is incredible. But when I looked at them side by side, I was like, it doesn't seem like it's, you know, like enough to change the experience of the game. I think it actually is from an immersion standpoint. When hmm. you're actually playing it and looking around and moving and with the almost zero load times and with the way that, like, I've never felt more like I was in New York City in a video game and I pumped probably 40 hours into the PS4 Peter Parker Spider-Man, yeah. and now I'm in the Miles Morales one on the PS5. Again, it's not something where you, like, shouldn't buy it because you can't get a PS5. Like, it's going to look great and play great on the PS4 
anyway. Yeah. Um, but it is such a wonderful experience and story. And they, they, it's like, it's weird. I'm experiencing New York in the wintertime and again, a non COVID space. And I really, uh, in the game, I should say. Yeah. And, uh, it's quite lovely. So I, I would say definitely get it. It's not, it's not worth waiting until the six months to a year from now. Cause I know you're not like, you're not doing what like some of my other friends are doing and like hunting for when these things <laughs> no. become available. You don't give that much of a shit, no. but which is totally healthy and something <laughs> that I recommend. Um, but no, it, it's worth it. It's worth your, uh, the, I, the, the, the graphic bump is something that sitting down at a 4k monitor, you will notice. I feel I, well, I don't have a 4k monitor. That's the problem. You right. know, like I have a projector. Um, so I feel like, um, on the projector, I'm probably not going to notice it, but I can imagine in an HDR 10, um, Dolby vision, 4k monitor. I'm sure that's where this really makes a difference. I was running a test because I'm that guy. <laughs> and um, so various parts of the different costumes that Miles Morales can wear are different levels of reflect of, ref- of uh, light reflecting. Yeah. And um, oftentimes when that happens in a game, especially when it's a small piece like a like a, the mold around like the Spider-Man eye mask holes yeah. or or like a piece of armor on a knuckle or something, right? Um, it's normally a uh, another image that's just always rendered next to it to give it that look of distorted um, reflection. Yeah. And on stream, we did a test because I, I got the camera got like locked into a wall and pushed forward toward the character very close to like an armor plate on Miles' shoulder. And I was like, oh, that reflection looks so cool. And then me and chat were like, wait, is that a live reflection on this tiny thing? And we right. went around testing it. We got in fights and paused and put in photo mode and stuff. And it was actual reflections of the of what was happening in the world on on the pieces all at all different angles with different light textures right. and things. It was insane. Again, right. will you notice that if you're not doing it? Probably not. <laughs> but it made me feel pretty good about my new favorite router shaped video game console. I bitch, I bitch it did. Uh, yeah, so I will, I will eventually get a PS5 at some point in my life. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no rush right now. I, I think I would enjoy. It. I, I, I am currently pl- replaying uh, Peter Parker uh, Spider Man right now. Mm-hmm. Just, mm-hmm. just because it's like mind. You know, I've, I'm a hundred percent at it, so I'm like mindlessly just wandering around the streets, fighting crime, fighting crime. You know, like for no reason. And it's just like, ah, oh, this is easy. I can just jump in and do this. Yeah. And not, why you know, not? Enjoy myself. So yeah, I will get back into that at some point. Um, if you have a PS5 or have played Miles Morales or just want to chat to us about anything else uh, uh, on your mind, not least of which might be the fact that this is episode 299, and that would mean mathematically, if I did the numbers correctly, let me just check this, write this down. Sure, do it. So, uh, uh, carry the four. Carry four, three plus one, two, two. Yeah. 300. Next episode will be episode 300. Yeah, no, that's right. Um, now, is, we uh, might not call it episode 300. We might do episode 299.2. Yeah, uh, we might need to do that because we haven't planned 3. anything. So, so while it's so funny when you were singing our praises earlier, uh, or I should say your praises because you were doing the majority of this booking, which is wonderful, and thank you for it. Um, th- I was like, he's like, you're talking about how planned we are. We're like, we totally aren't. That's great. But like, we don't have a thing for 300 like we did for 200. Yeah. Um, so what I what I just posited to Shahir right before this is we basically take that 300th episode energy and we save it for down the line. Right. And we, we basically have a surprise. Like, might be like 
304, 312, <laughs> like something weird where we just blow the entire thing out of the stratosphere. Break and that the way, internet, uh, yeah, and, and, and that way, you, dear listener, will be uh, surprised and amazed and hopefully entertained. <laughs> um, and and we don't feel as bad for not scheduling this particular part of an important milestone in Shahir and I's life. That's true. That's true. But if you would like to email us in to sing us some congratulations or what have you about episode 300 coming up, oh, you can, that's you, lovely. You, well, yeah, yeah, you could do that. Why not? I, why don't we? Why don't we? Why don't we ask them to do that? Uh, uh, what do what? I was just so here's the fun thing. Email. So send us an email. Send us again. I I, I always ask <laughs> Everything for these things is off the cuff with us. Oh, I know. But here's the thing. Why don't this would be kind of lovely? Because okay, we did for two hundred. We had a lot of the friends who've been guests on the show email us in onlymoviepodcast at gmail dot com or tweeted us at onlymoviepod. But for this, you'd have to email us. Just send us. Uh, a, a short 10 to 15 second audio message saying, I won't even say that you like us. Yeah. How you feel about us having 300 episodes of this that you're experiencing on the internet. Okay. What if and nobody emails us in? Then I don't care. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I, I would feel I would be bummed, but yeah. it would also mean less editing time for me. Yeah. So, so think about it this way, listeners. If you could either bum Matt out or mm. make his week worse by giving him more things to do. There's the two negative emotions. Yeah, yeah, that you can choose choose your own adventure of my own internal strife inside my psyche. Well, um, that, uh, as Matt mentioned, you can email us in at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at onlymoviepod. But our preference this week is obviously send us a voicemail uh, at uh, onlymoviepod at oh, onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com. Short, short one, please. Short one, please. That way we could have strings of them or have sections of them, etc., and I won't uh, have to do a, a, a Unless a there's none of them, in which case we'll just be In sad. which case I'll just have three beers instead of the nutritional one. But we do um, have a couple of emails this week, uh, we including do. from you, listener Chip. Hi, Matt. Chip. You want to read uh, out uh, what Chip had to say to us? Of course I will, of course. Ahem, let me get in my reading voice. Mm. I love your guys' podcast. I really do appreciate your reviews, and after watching any movie, your podcast is the first that I searched through. Well, thank you so much, Chip. Man, um, this email should have come for our 300th episode, Chip. I, really, it should have. It really should have. Go back Chip, if you want to read this uh, to <laughs> us, uh, that's totally fine, too. Anyway, I was wondering if you guys could review Hillbilly Elegy. This movie really resonated with me, but it seems to be not getting the best reviews. I was wondering what you guys thought of it. Being from Tennessee, the setting of the Appalachian Mountains made it so I could see myself in the narrative. Again, thank you guys so much for the reviews. I don't have a lot of friends who are into movies as much as I am, and listening to you guys talk about movies has given me a new perspective. Well, thank you so much, Chip. Uh, Thanks, we can Chip. be your Appreciate we can that. be your internet friends. Yeah. Um, uh, you tweeted us, talked to us, especially Shahir. Shahir will talk your ear out off oh about movies you, on uh, Twitter. I, I, yeah, this is the thing. On Twitter, email. I'm the person who's responding back to you, and I will throw back movies at you. I, I love it. So please, uh, it, it's all positive for me. If you email me and just tell me you hate me, I'm like, cool. Do you really hate me? Have you seen this movie about hate? Yeah, and listen, and, and if I'm five drinks in, sometimes I go into the inbox, and then I just start, <laughs> you might get some weird stuff back. I actually have a movie about hate already in my mind that I could send someone if they said they hated me. Wow. It's the French film. It's the French film, Hate, La Haine. Okay, I think we're having a uh, sure. of its film. It's brilliant. But should we do the film Ron Howard's movie Hillbilly Elegy, which is uh, currently streaming on Netflix and has not been receiving the most kindest of reviews, uh, starring Amy Adams and Glenn Close? Uh, I believe it's based on a book by J.D. Vance, who uh, I have not read this book. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of opinions about this, about both this book and this movie. It seems to be uh, in the opposite spectrum of the of the internet. 
Uh, I feel like it's conjuring the same conversations that I think you might have been having about Ernest Klein's Ready Player One Ooh. in regards to authenticity of experience. Um, speaking of which... Ready uh, Player I, Two, the book just came out, I, 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 I am aware. Uh, speaking of which, uh, uh, someone was tweeting about Hillbilly Elegy, and, and, and they were talking about the fact that... Um, uh, this was a movie which didn't depict the lives of, uh, or it didn't depict poverty as well as they believed it could have. And I jumped into that conversation, as I want to do, mm-hmm. to suggest that um, uh, Miss Juneteenth's movie uh, is a great movie which depicts poverty in a in an uh, in an accurate way. Yeah. And the Miss um, Juneteenth uh, Twitter account. Uh, retweeted and appreciated that comment and 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 mentioned it as well. And I was just remembering how great Miss Juneteenth was. Absolutely, no, that's great. Uh, to to Chip's point, uh, I'm 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 here to watch it because I'm a fan of Ron Howard. Um, I'm a fan of Amy Adams and Glenn Close. I'm I'm I have not watched the trailer for this movie. Um, there is a lot of great content streaming right now, so it's just a challenge to find the time to 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 watch this, especially given the reviews are pretty negative and we'll get into a conversation why i sometimes uh, when there is a general consensus of negativity towards something uh and if i have no pre-based um uh you know excitement for the film uh, i sometimes tend to stay away from those or you know don't suggest them for the podcast but because you wrote so nicely and because i appreciate uh the sentiment in the email uh, i will definitely make a chance uh, make some time to watch the movie and i'll get back to you whether we do it on the podcast or not i'm not entirely sure but i will I i will make some time to watch it we, we, we've, as, as Shia said, we've booked out sort of the episodes coming up in the near future, but that doesn't mean that on a slow week we couldn't explore it. Like, I, I'm always interested um, if we wanted to do more of a, um, well, I, I don't know. Maybe what I was going to say is more of a, a, a an autopsy as to why a film did not resonate so much with, with people. But I think that would just come out in our discussion anyway. Yeah. Like, we wouldn't have to do anything special, especially, fuck, you're going you're gonna to hear some shit about this movie we're talking about <laughs> today. So, uh, yeah, it, 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 right. It's not, it's not in the pipeline right now, but um, people writing us in, like you, Chip, uh, definitely, definitely move that needle. Definitely. Uh, uh, we also have an email from Jacob, old friend of the show. You want take that one yeah absolutely and this is relating to our conversation about run uh jacob i edited out most of this uh, email just because i didn't want to spoil run for anyone who hadn't seen it yet and run is particularly a movie that uh is best if you go in entirely spoiler free so mm-hmm. while i will be talking about the ending of run i won't give it away so if you haven't seen run at this point and are excited to look for it maybe skip forward maybe you know a couple of minutes sure. but uh jacob writes i found the ending of run supremely dissatisfying and i would agree with matt that it seems to be targeting shock value again i'm not going to repeat what the ending is uh but uh jacob goes on to say this subject uh relating to the ending of run is probably better suited for an episode episode titled oh i don't know violence in cinema maybe that should be episode (laughs) 304 uh i really wanted to write more about how i thought the film was technically proficient on so many levels but lacked heart big moments were thrown on the screen and unlike in searching anish chignanti's uh previous film which had so many big moments that were thematically resonant that at some point i jumped on the train and said let's go run felt like it didn't care to understand its characters which is a shame given the heart the actors clearly put into performing them. Uh, again, please, uh, regardless of, of whether you find the uh, ending uh, dissatisfying, I would recommend seeing Run. I think it's worth it's a worthwhile watch. Um, I appreciate the email, Jacob. It, it's very hard to talk about this uh, without spoiling the ending, and, we, and I don't want to do that on this episode. Um, but yeah. 
the Jacob, you are not the first person uh, who listens to the podcast who has approached me this week to talk to me about the ending of Run uh, and how they felt about it. Yeah, no, I I mean, I agree with Jacob agreeing with me. Um, (laughs) And I think that, but but then again, I agree with Shahir not agreeing with Jacob who is agreeing with me in the sense that. No, wait, I agree with Jacob. Oh, then then, I'm sorry. I agree with Shahir in agreeing with Jacob in agreeing with me that the movie is still worth a watch despite the fact that, that, so maybe we, I don't want to put words into Jacob's mouth uh, about what words were in my Mouth that came out of it my came mouth. Came out of the, the it's Jacob like a is bird's then nest. We're like a bird's nest of so, feeding. Yeah. So um, that's a terrible, terrible <laughs> mental image that now isn't going away. Um, uh, yeah. No. I, I think it's worth a watch. Um, but also, I'd I, I'd love to hear more people have more people thought about the ending because I think it is divisive. Um, yeah. And it and does it, it does it does an interesting thing to an interesting movie. And and I use interesting thing in a bad way, but interesting movie in a good way. Okay, okay, I'll buy that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. All right. So thanks everyone for emailing us in again. Next, if you really if you do enjoy emailing us in, next week is the one is the week to do it because it is episode three hundred. Um, we will have a fantastic guest on that episode, and uh, uh, hopefully for a fantastic movie as well. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Are we um, not saying what it is? Well, uh, I mean, it is Mank. Yeah, but I'm. Well, I, was, I guess I was still trying to decide whether that should come up for a 300. No, it should. It should. Mank is the film. David Finch's Mank is the movie that we're going to be doing next week. Uh, no secret there. Yeah. Um, but this week, Matt, on last week's episode. Yep. Again, I gave you a list of, of of things that were streaming. Some amazing films that were streaming, and you counted with jujitsu. I did. And was adamant about it. And now again. No shade here. No shade. I just, I just, There's I some just, shade. And, no, and, no, 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 no shade at all. Like I, I, I suggest movies all the time, sight unseen. Um, I just want to give you the opportunity to tell me what you think the conversation is going to be about. I oh today yeah. It's going to be a, like 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 you when you suggested this movie how did you think the conversation oh, was going to oh, go Oh how like, did I think the conversation was going to go versus how I know the conversation <laughs> is going to go Yeah. So okay when Let's I have was a conversation still, about the conversation before we have the conversation When the thing I still hated the most was covid um I think that Whoa whoa <laughs> Them fighting words Look look um I I let's let's back up a little bit I this will this will explain my my thought process. Okay. I love and grew up on and relish watching normally with friends uh bad B action movies from the the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s and today. Okay. Um and but I have noticed in the past that there haven't been many new bad like like new bad good action movies. Like there haven't been that sort of like B tier silly kind of aware of itself um, maybe done with a bit more of a of a current filmmaking style while still maintaining the heart of like of the tongue and cheekness, the being in on the joke, sort of the knowing, not necessarily even that it's a comedy, just like knowing what your movie is. Mm. That that has been lacking in in late, uh, you know, I'd say from for me, 2015 to 2020, um, in that time frame. And this is the first film in a long, long time that when I saw the trailer and I heard the premise and people were calling it Predator mixed with Mortal Kombat, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, yes. Like, I, this, look, I, I never thought 
that the story would be uh, this phenomenal thing that we'd talk about or that we'd like that we'd be relishing in the um, in the the, the 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 language of cinema that was used in order to get a story like this across. That was never my intent. My intent was to have a nice light week where we talked about funny, cool shit that we had fun watching and experiencing, uh, sadly, separately. I would have loved to be in the room with you watching this thing. Um, but There's a lot that, of tweeting, I'll just say that. There's a lot of tweeting. <laughs> that's my goal. Like, yeah. that was my goal entirely. Because, again, I love B-action movies. I mean, everyone who, like, I think one of my fa- Have you ever seen the film Versus? It's a Japanese film, I believe. It was made for like $10,000. No, I don't believe I have. I've seen um, Ballistics X versus Server. Versus... Oh, uh, X versus Sever? No, <laughs> yeah. no, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's, um, I, I want to make sure I get this right because this was in my, uh, yeah, it's a Japanese independent zombie film, but like it got a lot of like like praise and I yeah. saw it in college. It's made for $10,000. Um, it's got weird cheesy effects, but like it's, it's, some, it's somehow riveting. I loved even like, and it's funny, now these are considered B-movies. Like I, Bloodsport is like the top tier yeah. for me. Yeah. Uh, but then you also have the bottom tier, which I love doing, especially shout out to Matt Marchetti, uh, uh, who's a friend of the show and my friend from college. Movie matinee on uh, on Instagram. He does great succinct reviews. Um, uh, the American Ninja series. I don't know yep, if you've ever yep, seen any yeah, of those, I've seen those films. Yeah, I mean, like, look, when I was growing up in Fiji, this was our steady diet of movies. Yeah, Death yeah. Race two thousand, Three Ninjas. Uh, uh, well, Three Ninjas is a bit of the kids version it's a of kids it. Sure, movie, but simply, Even, and, and if you want to go to more of the art house version of this or what things turned into, you could go to something like El Mariachi or or, or like all of these things that sort of like. Now, granted, that would be a film that I think does more with what it's doing and tries to elevate a bit more than a lot of these other ones do, but El Mariachi knew what it was. And finally, I will say, which one day we will do, sadly not for episode 300, but the quintessential film that showed us the mixture uh, uh, with the kill of karate uh, and the thrill of gymnastics, Gymkata, it is such an enjoyable event to behold and experience with with people just wanting to have fun. That's why I like these kind of movies. So you will uh, that makes sense to me. You were looking for Jim Carter. I was looking for Jim Carter. I was yeah. looking for an updated Jim Carter. How could how 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 can you miss the ball that is Predator mixed with Mortal Kombat? I, how I a, I, do you miss I, that ball? It's the easiest softball pitch you can possibly <laughs> throw someone in this film landscape, and you throw Nick Cage in there? That's like, he carried the ball. He carried the ball to the batter and held it up ever so gently. Uh, and this movie, this movie is pure dog shit. <laughs> it is, it is beyond the pale of the Valley of Terrible. I, I, I can't think of outside of the, I would say it's, it's the equivalent of having your cinematic senses covered in third degree burns. Every once in a while, Nick Cage comes out and rubs a little bit of aloe vera on like 5% of your body. Like it's. It was the roughest film watching experience I have had in a very, very long time. I'm just, uh, I, I'm just realizing now that we've probably lost Chip. You know, like when he was like, "Hey, would you mind viewing Hillbilly Elegy?" And we were like, "No, but we got uh, jujitsu for you." <laughs> you know, like Chip. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I would rather watch Hillbilly uh, Elegy a, a thousand times. Um, no, no. Th- look, I, I get the Jim Carter thing. Um, uh, look, and this is something obviously that. Um, uh, Paul Shear, June Diane Raphael, and Jason Manzoukas do over at uh, How Did This Get Made every week, and I love hearing those guys rag on bad movies, uh, without a doubt. 
I myself don't like to talk about bad movies unless it's a Jim Carter, unless it's a Birdemic, unless it's The Room, um, and for very specific reasons. So, um, I, and, and that's I think, what I was hoping for. Yeah, and I think how did this get made? Actually, had an episode where they talked about how do you make something that kind of crosses the threshold of just being a bad movie to being a collective experience. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the arguments they made is that you have to be completely unaware of trying to get to the collective experience. That is one aspect that needs to happen. The ineptitude has to be at such a scale that, that it, it, it's not intentional that you make the cut because the moment that you're trying to hit that cultural um, vantage point films like not another teen movie or yeah. or scary movie or those sorts of things. The moment you're trying to hit those, that's when you miss that mark. The second thing is, um, you it, there needs to be kind of an inventiveness to it all. You know, like it 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 needs to be pulled together by its bootstraps. And despite the ineptitude, a degree of wow, they're actually trying here and they're trying to do something. Admittedly, they're trying to do something that we've never seen before, but doing it terribly. And, you know, you could argue The Room with uh, Tommy Wiseau is kind of that because the story is so batshit nuts and, and things are, you know, like the mix of Tennessee Williams with uh, with uh, self-pity is so pervasive that it's like just such an oddball mix. Birdemic is sort of an update on the birds, but like, again, trying to do something. Uh, Jim Carter, the, the the fury of martial arts mixed with the... the thrill uh, of gymnastics mixed, mixed with, with the kill of I'm karate. I'm going to make my own taglines for this. No, thing. you shouldn't because there's uh, only one. <laughs> I, I, think, I, I think you've got to like not aim... And then hit a wall really hard, and that's and that's and that's kind of what makes those experiences a lot of fun. I I would take it one step further or one step back, depending on your on your positioning. Um, it it has to be made with love. Yeah, it has sure. to be made. You have to, and not just like the love of one person's vision. Like that's not what I'm talking about. You need to feel like. People were enjoying making this movie and that somehow uh, in some intangible way does come across and is the, the lifeblood, I think, that makes a lot of these films last. Because because on the surface, again, you use the term bad movie. The interesting part to me is Jim Cotta is not a bad movie because I and many people who I've watched it with have enjoyed the experience greatly. Therefore, if the goal of a film is to make you like it, Jim Cotta has done that, and therefore it is not a bad movie. We, Does well, Jim we, Cotta... We, we got to table that one, because you, you've mentioned that many times before in defense of uh, ostensibly bad movies, and I, and I, I think the, uh, the, the logic line that you're drawing is, uh, is inherently flawed. Uh, I mean, if we want, we can get into that. I just disagree with it. I, I'm going off of my own experience because for all I know, you and the rest of the people listening to this show could be figments of my imagination and I'm the only thing that exists. We don't know. And by that, I mean, I don't. My point is the experience I have with film is what I have to go off of. And yes, I like the idea that there are intrinsic rules and things and there are, there are ways, there are, there are multiple ways to make an enjoyable film. Uh, and and I think, but uh, the thing in it, which jujitsu fails in ne- just spectacularly, but not even in like a fun way, is just not even picking a lane. <laughs> like it tries to it tr- it tries to take a, a a Kia Sonata and cover an eight lane highway, and it just doesn't. It, and then it crashes into a guardrail a hundred feet out. Like 
I, I can't think of more analogies for this garbage fire. I'll tell you another reason I didn't want to do this movie. I, I mean, like, again, if you suggested it, I'm happy to do it. If you bring it to the table, I'm happy to talk about it. The reason I don't like doing this kind of movie is there's no to me there's not a lot of fun in dunking on the slow kid so we're not going to we're not going so i'm getting all of my rage out in the beginning because what i would honestly like to do and i'd love your help with it is let's talk about this film's problems and then how would we fix it and by oh, oh, fix it that. and by fix it <laughs> and by fix it i mean make it enjoyable and this could be make it enjoyable for you it could be make it enjoyable for me. The, the bonus round is try to make it enjoyable for both of us because because there's not a lot to say about this movie. Uh, the IMDb description is as follows. Every six years, an ancient order of jujitsu fighters joins forces to battle a vicious race of alien invaders. But when a celebrated war hero goes down in defeat, the fate of the planet and mankind hangs in the balance. Wait a minute. Who was the, who was the celebrated? Wait, yeah. Was that, was that Alan Lucy's so, character? I can't even say if this is accurate. Accurate or not, because there's not enough threads in the plot to sew it together. Like this, I, I mean, on the surface, no. But then again, I don't know if that was the intent because they never proved otherwise. Okay. Um, but 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 then let's let's just side table the whole thing for a second and just talk about Nicolas Cage. Let's just let's just do the the whole let's cage talk about Nicolas the, Cage. The Cage podcast. Um, the, because honestly, I was excited for this film for Nick Cage, for Tony Jaa, for even Frank Grillo. I like yeah, Frank, Frank Grillo a lot. I like Frank like, Grillo a lot. Um, so I was like, oh, here's some action chops along with Nick Cage crazy. Let's go. <laughs> and Nick and, Cage is clearly doing Dennis Hopper's character from Apocalypse Now in this movie. Yeah, he's like yeah. got the red bandana, the sunglasses. He's kind of talking wily cocaine field philosophy. There's no uh, honor in killing crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's clear that's that's kind of his, you know like he came in with like okay that's my take I'm going to I'm going to do Dennis Hopper obviously uh, uh that movie directed by his uncle uh Francis mm -hmm. Ford Coppola mm -hmm. um and 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 I was kind of interested and then and then we I think the other Nicolas Cage movie that we've done in recent years was Mandy um we talked a little bit about uh Richard Stanley's film Color Out of Space uh by the way if you haven't have you watched the documentary about Richard I think it's Richard Stanley is the name uh and his making of the island of Dr. Moreau have you watched that documentary no 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 stop no. what you are doing right now which is this podcast okay click, click. did you come Wait, back did you watch are it you talking, are you yeah talking we came to back me? did, did, did you I? watch it yeah did you watch we it? We didn't stop. This, oh, no, that's not fuck. how this works here. They, they can pause us, but we can't pause doing this live. I really, I got to figure out This is episode gotta, 299. You I gotta really got to get rules. on the ball. Yeah. Um, that documentary, you, I got to find it. Congratulations, here. You just made jujitsu. <laughs> um, uh, it, it's basically about Richard, I, I believe his name is Richard Stanley, making The Island of Dr. Moreau. He gets fired from the movie, and I believe... John Frankenheimer gets hired on to re to finish the film off, and Richard Stanley is so um, so upset that he stays around the production as they're making the Island of Dr. Moreau, the Val sure, Kilmer sure. Marlon Brando Marlon Brando film, and Marlon Brando is just nuts at this point. Marlon Brando comes in with some weird idea. He says like, maybe I should be a dolphin, like you know, kind of kind of crazy, and Richard Stanley just hangs out and becomes an extra in the movie that he was supposed to direct. Like, you know, and surreptitiously just hangs out. And then he doesn't make another movie for, like, years until Color Out of Space with, uh, Space with Nicolas Cage. Right. Um, so I was kind of like... I, I, I like I like this idea that Nicolas Cage is wandering around like the the edges of Hollywood, finding all these really unusual filmmakers like Panos Cosmatos, who made Mandy, 
and and like trying to you know like you know like he's just basically going for the weird but the truth of the matter is the truth of the matter is this is all about uh, taxes and and debt and and Nicholas you know cuz if you look at Nicholas Cage's body of work in the last uh 10 years i think he's released a, like seven movies this year seven movies last year uh he says uh, he says in some interviews that he prefers working because if he wasn't working he'd get into a self-destructive mode but the truth of the matter is is that uh after a, a really uh profitable period uh in the early noughts and late 90s where i think he was valued at up to 190 million 150 million dollars uh he did not pay the tax man when the tax man came and has been uh has whittled down his fortune down, down to something like 25 million dollars something and still owes a huge huge amount of debt and is basically just paying that off he's rich poor he's rich poor but you know in that way that matters i guess uh like he at one point owned a a desert a desert island in the bahamas uh, Wait, a desert bo- island yeah desert island it's just made out of cake um that's impressive <laughs> he sprung for uh, I'm, I'm reading an msnbc article about him now he sprung for a nine foot tall burial tomb uh he he bought shrunken pygmy heads he bought uh the iran of shah's lamborghini it makes uh, sense yeah you know uh uh he has he has he spent one hundred fifty thousand dollars on a pit octopus uh dinosaur heads superman comics all sorts of junk uh, the superman comics i would keep um i'd keep a dinosaur head i mean that seems this, like well, a- this is the fun one allegedly cage also outbid fellow actor leonardo dicaprio for a 70 million year old dinosaur skull the two hundred seventy six thousand dollar artifact uh turned out to be stolen however and cage had to return it to the mongolian government cool <laughs> that's a great terrible investment um, uh fun fact about nick cage in jiu-jitsu he was only on set for three days of their six-week shooting schedule of course he was like he just turned up rocked in probably barely read the script um and he uh, made up his own script. i don't think there was a script uh <laughs> if the comic book stitched together plot moving establishing shots have anything to say about it um but are you excited just just before we get off the nick cage thing are you excited about the unbearable weight of massive talent have you heard about this movie? I have. I, look, uh, straight up, I am not like a huge Nick Cage head. I know a few of them. They yeah. are scary. Um, but I respect them, and I like the passion that they have for Nicolas Cage. I just always know that if he is injected into a film, it will become more interesting. Right. Uh, that does, on a technical level, happen with jujitsu, but it is not nearly enough to do anything other than make you stop rolling your eyes for a moment to stare in disbelief until he's off the screen and you start rolling your eyes again. <laughs> um, I just have to give a quick shout out to to the IMDB trivia page for Jiu-Jitsu. No, oh, for, for Jiu-Jitsu. Okay. Because I've never... Like, I can't tell if, the, like, a frenemy of the film wrote these or not. Like, <laughs> it just... It's, it's kind of shitting in its own serial... It's weird that it was shot in Cyprus and not Burma. But here's here's the thing. I love that it says the first Hollywood production to be filmed in Cyprus, but Hollywood is in quotes. <laughs> okay? This is in the thing. Nick Cage is only there for three days. Nick Cage replaced Bruce Willis because yeah. Bruce Willis had a had a six movie deal with Movie Pass. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They they did get into that business. Uh, uh, Nick Cage has trained in jujitsu uh, under uh, uh, Royce Gracie, uh, also in uh, Wing Chun Karate and Jeet Kune Do. However, in this movie, there <laughs> is actually no 
jujitsu. Jujitsu is <laughs> interesting because as a, as a martial art, it's it's the basis for a lot of other martial arts. Right. But there is pure jujitsu, and they name drop it quite a bit in the in the film. Um, so I found that interesting. I noticed it a little bit in the trailer how there definitely wasn't. I'm like, oh, I'm sure they're gonna like the end fight will be like a real jujitsu fight. I mean, they did the whole thing with the Power Rangers esque like fighter in an alien suit, so they can actually do moves and it won't look like they're punching air, right? Yeah. Um, that wasn't the case. Um, uh, <laughs> the other one was um, it's funny. And then if you just go down this list, it's the same four facts. <laughs> written in like different sentence structure five times. It's also like, like an increasing budget that like keeps changing depending on so, the facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, uh, 24.6 million production budget. That's the whole sentence, okay? Yeah. And then two things down, it says 27.5 million production budget. <laughs> it's like, and a, you're it's like, like a bidding war. Uh, yeah, and then and then there's also the movie was shot in six weeks. We already knew that. Uh, despite the name Jiu-Jitsu, there's absolutely none in the trailer. Uh, Nick Cage is channeling Dennis Hopper. You got that one. It's yeah. the lowest rated Nicolas Cage movie ever. Wow, and not not was it the movie Lift Behind that uh, he did? That was the sort of the the Christian uh, uh, film where people, you know, it was kind of like the. Uh, the leftovers as well. Yeah, I, yeah, look, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Look, there's been a lot of Nicolas Cage recently. I am excited for um, the unbearable weight of immense talent of massive talent. The movie where Nicolas Cage will will play Nicolas Cage talking to himself, uh, you know, trying to decide his roles or his future. I think that'll be a lot of fun. That'll be fun. That'll be. Fun. Uh, I, I'm I'm curious to see how that goes. Uh, but yeah, let's let's let's. I, I don't think I've sort of mentioned how I feel about this movie. Oh please, yes. I, what, can I get your first thoughts? Your your initial impression on the cinematic thing jujitsu well the first thing is fuck this movie is long and long in that way which is that i like it's an hour 42 minutes which is not actually that long but the first 30 minutes of this movie felt like four hours Mm -hmm. and and in because the movie just keeps repeating itself and doing the same thing over and over again and ultimately all that happens is it's just a series of set pieces with fights in it um, that and 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 unfortunately they're so badly choreographed and staged and they, filmed and that they managed to make Tony Jaa look like an average fighter it was <laughs> insane thank you for saying that i could not believe how bad tony jaw looked in this in this movie yeah it and it's not his fault no no uh, he, I, yeah he just, I, I, the, the 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 directing in this film which is really unfortunate uh, is is something that terrifies me as a filmmaker because mm. you, you like the technical acumen of scenes being constructed is kind of there ish but 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 it's the kind of thing where what's happening is um, bad actors or good actors get hung out, lift, lift hung out to dry in this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, they're basically mm-hmm. given nothing to do. The, the timing of their interactions is not cut well, so they look bad. Um, you know, Frank Grillo, who is a guy I kind of like, I like his on-screen personality, just, just is wandering around this movie kind of, and I'm like, why are you in here? Um, and then it's a movie that that just exposes bad acting completely because it hasn't got the wherewithal in order to protect um, performances, you know, protect performances, and that terrifies me uh, because it's it's like that's such an ephemeral, like it's a it's a sort of matter of taste mm. and understanding, like what is this scene supposed to achieve and how do I get this scene to kind of have the most conflict in it and the most drama in it? This movie has none of that. It's it's it's. Um, it's difficult to watch because it's so dull. Uh, and then the car, you know, like, like 
I remember seeing Ong Bak and the Protector, you know, when mm-hmm. Tony Jaa had his moment, you know, like something like 10, 15 years ago. And I can't tell you what happened in either of those movies, but I can tell you I was mesmerized every time Tony Jaa was fighting. And it was like a musical, you know, you're kind of like, well, I, I'm, I, you know, for me, I don't know what's going to happen next, but I'm kind of like, I'm in it for every music, you know, every number that's about to come up. And, and those movies obviously made Tony Jaa the star he is and, and, and gave him, they understood what it was to film Tony Jaa. This is doing like, it does a first person kind of like hardcore Henry for terrible, a moment. Terrible, terrible. And like, then it pops out live action to like, as if the the person we were in the first person sequence with yeah. put the camera down to go fight and then gets knocked back into the camera to continue. It's this, it's the same kind of shit that like the worst kid in your film class thought up. Yeah. And everyone's like, Oh great, Gary. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, give it a go. It's even got snozzle cam where they where they basically put the uh, camera on a steady cam and, f- and point it back towards the actor, which, uh, you know, like um, Darren Aronofsky's Rick Wim for a Dream and Spike yeah. Lee kind of do all the time. Um, it, it, and the problem, you know, like, and it's got a long single take, which Tony Jaa, if you want to see a great long single take, watch the movie The Protector, uh, which Tony Jaa did, uh, you know, 10 to 15 years ago. It's a long single take of him fighting up this stairwell. And what's amazing about it is you can see Tony Jaa getting tired yeah. throughout it. And it's like, it's challenge. It's it's just, it's, it's beautiful to watch. But even um, those long takes are also shaky cam and yeah. also sped up, slow down, sped up, slow down, uh, sped yeah, up, slow yeah, down. Yeah. And I was, I, I couldn't believe the the hodgepodge of and I use this term lightly style <laughs> that um, that this movie was trying to portray with its camera movement it's it's again quote cinematography but let's just talk okay let, let's go through the problem okay so if we want to talk about like what the problems are it's it, the it, there's a real fundamental thing which is one hour forty two this to me feels if you're trying to make it a feature it's got to be sixty three minutes just over an hour. You know, like just get it over the line or something. I'll like even that. do an hour and a half. I think. I think a oh, film. I could not do an hour and a half of this. No, no, no. I got like, to be an hour ten tops. I mean, sure. I mean, look, I don't want to watch this for an hour and ten minutes. But I'm saying, if we're just going on a baseline of what I'd like a movie to be when I go in cold turkey to experience it, I think an hour and a half is a good length. But if if that didn't matter, I would say 15 minutes is this movie, and that's all I want to well, see. The, tra- the trailer's fun. <laughs> yeah, the trailer's uh, I, I, fun. Good did, job, trailer company. Didn't see the trailer. You should watch uh, it. It's sh- it's decent. Um, but the problem is, is they do this thing where they're they're constantly so. So Alan Musay's character is running around at the very beginning of the movie, uh, and he's it's got horrible effects in that he's running around and it doesn't you know like blades are flying at him like two hundred and nineteen blades is that is it, yeah and and he doesn't know. seem to register any of them like it's not like there was no one saying there's going to be a visual effect here react to it no. like he's just running and these blades like fly past and he's like oh yeah cool I'll just with 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 all of the accuracy of the best. Story. Stormtrooper. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the, this predator is the worst predator ever. The, the spaceman. Yeah. Or no, no. That he has a name, doesn't he? Uh, uh the, I'm gonna find out what that is. It was. It's like Brax. The Brax. alien's name is Brax. Not to be confused with Drax. You dumb shits. <laughs> um. Uh. And of course, by that I mean the people that brought us Brax, not uh, you, Shahir, or the dear listeners. I'm just. I'm frustrated. Okay. I'm frustrated. So then, then Jake wakes up. In uh, a military camp, and or he, no, he he's saved. Uh, he's he's brought out of the water. Yep. You know like. his name is Jake because they tell it to you every 
minute. Everyone's saying Jake to him. Uh, but then, like, he gets... He has he has amnesia now, right? Is that is that right? That he, is true, kind has, of. And then he <laughs> and and the best the, the the woman who comes out to him, played by uh, Maria uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh Myra, kind of like walks up to him and goes, "I'm CIA intelligence. I'm very good at my job." And then the next scene is she's like, "So tell me what it is that happened to you." I was like, "Wait a minute!" <laughs> it's like she was like that character in The Simpsons. You're like, "Come on." Tell me. <laughs> it's all cliches. Yeah. The entire film is is it's it's cliches from people that don't understand what a cliche is, <laughs> but they've seen a cliche. And they're like, that's what an action movie person does. <laughs> and like that then it, they just do a mock version of that that they saw three years ago at a uh, a local theater company. Okay. So he but for some reason. Jake like snaps out of his amnesia state for for like the briefest of second and then straight up murks everyone in the room yep. like fucks them up you know like uh, kicking people ki- kicking people over chairs uh, into tables like against the wall that kind of thing and and Myra comes back in and jicks him and then the interrogation just starts all over again like they're just like okay now tell me what really happened yeah. I was like this dude straight up like like hacked people in your room and they're like maybe we should get some fresh air and they walk out the door with them it is here where i would like to call out the one good action camera shot in the entire film is when he has her pinned against the wall and she's trying to stab him with the sedative and she does the game of thrones drop and stab the camera moved in such a nice motion at that point where i was like oh cool oh okay okay (laughs) it was a it was a slight reset moment for me yeah. Until the sea of diarrhea that washed across my eyeballs, um, <laughs> and and yeah, and then and but I can't feel like they keep coming back to this interrogation scene as they did, they like, like five times. Yeah, like they shot it and then they like leave it and then they come back to it and they leave it and they come back to. It. Eventually, Tony Jaa jumps, you know, like dives in, like uh, arrives at the encampment, and and I think we're. It's not really made clear, but Tony Jaa, Frank Grillo, and a couple of others are meant to be part of an part of the 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 sort of te- uh, the, the 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 monks of some the martial art monks that seem to know what is happening with this spaceman that of course nobody else knows about so i but- want everyone to realize that the exact way go back rewind 10 to 15 seconds to what shahir just said and how he just said it had to have been how the director described to the actors what was going on because there's no consistency. There's like, they bring up kind of an order that yeah. was doing this thing, but then like the military's there for some reason because plutonium or whatever, and and that, that never connects, and yeah. the locals know about it, but the army doesn't have a translator that can speak the language. So then Tony Jaw comes to rescue Jake but Jake doesn't remember, but fights with Tony Jaw, and then they go back and meet in a field where they all just stand up in low, like, sort of, uh, you know, Angels and Airwaves style uh, hay, and they're like, you don't remember? And they're all mad at Jake for not remembering something, and you're just like, it, it's it's so mind-bogglingly disconnected to itself. It would be impressive, again, if they were trying to do it. Right. Like, and the, the the thing that got me was I, I didn't like the look or the feel of the comic book esque transitional scenes between oh, between set pieces. It would cut away to like a comic the Hulk. book. They did the Ang Lee's the Hulk, but like you know, but this badly. wasn't 
if this was a comic book, I'd never heard of it before. Yeah. Um, at least in Ang Lee's Hulk, which I think is a bad choice to do. No, it's but like, they do oh, those transitions, a, those comic It came from a comic book. Yeah. I can see why you're doing this. This felt like the lowest possible budget way to connect scenes that did not have connection points. Establishing shots never existed. Movement meant nothing. They kept going to and from the same locations over and over again. Uh, it was either Woods Field, that interrogation room, or the temple. Right. Uh, I think there might have been a, a slightly dirt-patched woods where Nick Cage fights for the day he was on set for that one fight scene. Um, <laughs> man, like, th- there's there's literally no connective tissue at all, so you cannot follow who these people are, why they are doing it. You get kind of a story about how the spaceman comes, Brax comes, every cometh. six years <laughs> to to challenge the world's best fighters, and all he wants is a good fight. Now, that's... so. That's the core of what I can guarantee you is the plot. There are other sort of whirling bodies circling this gravitational well of suck that that kind of come in and out depending how it goes. One rule is he has to fight nine people one at a time. That why? gets thrown out the well. I don't even. I don't even care why. Just say the stupid space rule. Like, but then they fight him together, and then they're supposed to be punished if they fight together, but they're not. Like, like it's almost like the alien's supposed to be holding back. Um, so he's actually using jujitsu. Because spoiler alert for jujitsu, aliens taught humans jujitsu because they jump through this portal every six years or whatever. And so now, and then the other rule. What was it? Oh, um, they have the invisibility cloaks. Oh yes, the invisibility <laughs> cloaks that kind of work until they don't, and then they do. Well, like they just they they they're basically like uh, sheath hoodies with no. They're they're, they're like uh, Assassin's Creed kind of hoodies, and, and they take them off. But this is the thing. <laughs> this is this is the thing. We so they call that they call out that there's just stealth technology that the spaceman can't see. I'll take it. I don't care. I don't need explanation. But then the next scene is them wearing the same shit. And the spaceman sees them. And I'm like, oh, didn't they say that was just stealth? That's weird. Didn't think about that for 40 minutes until a scene later happens when they have it down. They put it up the same way it was in in the first scene. And then the spaceman can't see them. And I was like, <laughs> why? Again, I don't care what your rules are. Just follow your fuck. Pick some. This isn't even like they picked rules and broke them. They just threw a trillion. They didn't pick rules. Like this was just. This was just an excuse. Here's the other thing, too. They even, Shahir, they ruined the thing that I was kind of a little excited for from the trailer. I thought that the spaceman, that Brax, looked kind of cool. Really? I, for, 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 a, for, a, for a B-movie uh, antagonist from space, I was like, I'm on board. I liked the swirly uh, face mask. And even when they started, uh, like, there's a mo- point where, like, you see, like, a little two offset red eyes, and you're like, whoa, cool. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then, every other second, the spaceman's face shows through. Yeah, yeah, and he's smoking. He's kind of, he looks like a Gears like, of War character. He looks like a Gears of War character, but if you ran it through a TurboGrafx-16 and projected the the texture palette onto a flat surface behind a curved surface. Which makes me wonder, how is he smoking a cigar in there? I don't know. <laughs> but my point is, it, it, it's not, like, I liked the B-movie aesthetic, the Power Rangers-esque monster, if you will, of the Spaceman. And then they did that to it and couldn't even put a remotely 
interesting or good feeling face graphic in it. <laughs> like they they took that away from me. I went from like, oh, at least a spaceman's. Oh, and he's fucking lame too. Cool. <laughs> but I I think the problem that we're kind of identifying here as well is that the the movie is no fun. Like it's not fun. To Zero. Watch. It's not Zero fun. To fun. Watch. It's not enjoyable. And that's the problem is like, I can, I like all the stuff we're talking about in terms of like the storytelling rules and stuff. I can, I can throw those out the window entirely if it's fun to watch. But he, but here's the thing. I don't think this, this is a true statement. Tell me if you agree with this or not. I don't think a film can be fun to watch if all of those rules are thrown out. Even the films we've described going even back to Jim Cotta, Jim Cotta follows, <laughs> I'm, I'm straight up. Jim Cotta follows a three act structure. Is the pacing great? No. Is the is the um uh is the acting of a caliber that I care about? Not really. Is the fighting even that good? No, it's silly. He uses a pummel horse in almost every fight scene he has. But but there is a consistency to it. It sets rules of its world. It follows those rules. And therefore, along with that X factor of love in the craft of that thing, uh, it is enjoyable. No, no. For me, like the anachronisms are the thing that can make it fun. Like, so if I'm thinking about the room, it's the, it's the, oh, I have cancer and never mentions it again kind of thing. You know, the mom has, it's, it's the, it's the playing football for no reason. It's the drug dealer that pops up. For Those no are re- silly point moments. Like but, for but instance, my point in the room. Is, yeah. There, if the, there's no, there's nothing anachronistic about what we've ju- what we just watched it's the movie just you know like largely goes from a to b to c to d and it's just n- i don't care about any of it and it's Wait, it's and going the rules going back thing, to the room sorry so sorry I, the, the rules thing is is an interesting point the the room still follows structure do, do the do the I, moments do the moments listen, listen do the <laughs> moments in the room like the individual like walking to get flowers, hi doggy, you're my favorite customer, then throwing football on the roof. It's all still moving the bullshit main plot about about uh, uh, Tommy. Uh, Tommy and uh, Lisa's <laughs> relationship. And and again, those points don't again, it's it's the idea of like the highway is still there even though the car is not staying in its lane at all and hitting the railings. But there's railings. This film had none. There was nothing connecting one scene to another other than a ever-changing pre- preface, premise of having to fight an alien with a martial arts style that they do not use. Right. Like, it, that's, again, you need to have something there. And I think, and maybe, maybe there's a tie. Maybe I'm using the wrong words to have it sort of make sense to other people or you or whatever, but like, Maybe that maybe what I'm calling love is just like enough of a shit to actually use a style of filmmaking that makes sense to a common moviegoer. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, I I I would say the thing about the like in this case as well in Jujitsu's case it is barreling towards a fight between uh, uh Alan Moosey's character Jake and the alien right like that's where we that's where this is all hitting and of course there's a there's a third act reveal which means absolutely nothing that uh <laughs> that Nicolas Cage was actually his father I uh, laughed I laughed uh, yeah, out I loud laughed so um, loud. I love that the stuntman that plays young Nicolas Cage was it was his stuntman that's playing the entire movie, which you can see throughout the film as well. Yeah, yep. Like it's the guy that they're cutting to when they need to, when they not, uh, they can't do a close up. Um, 
Yeah, I think the movie is barreling towards a conclusion that we all kind of know what it is. Um, so to me, the problem is is that there is no inventiveness in, especially in the fighting, is the problem. You know, because like I think they're all here because of Alan Musi, um, who is the, the 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 lead actor who is in Kickboxer Retaliation, the other Kickboxer film mm-hmm. that uh, director. Um, uh, Dimitri Logotitis did. Um, so I think you know they're here for the fighting, and the fighting is not interesting or compelling to watch. Um, yeah, because it's not shot that way. I, who know? Who knows? I, I can't actually tell you. Who it doesn't knows seem like if, it's choreographed very well either. But we have no way of knowing because film. Fun fact. Fight choreography is designed oftentimes the good stuff around cinematography. Yeah. They lo- they figure out how they're going to shoot it to make a fight look as cool as it can. And there's different ways to do that. That was not done here. There was I'm sure there was um, a, a choreographed fight scene that was happening, but the how it was shot outside of a few specific moments, I it does not feel like it was discussed. And therefore it looks slow, sloppy, not intense at all. And almost like an aerobics workout for a lot of the time. Have you um, seen Have you seen the raid? Yeah, forever ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, you know, the raid kind of uh, Gareth Evans film kind of strikes that amazing balance between it's not the the interplay between the camera and the choreography is so perfectly uh, calibrated in that film that like even the fact that they have cheap cameras and they're sort of building things cheaply uh, doesn't really matter because it's so visceral yeah. and powerful to watch this has um none of you know like even at its base level it has none of that um which is really really unfortunate um and it's it's yeah i i the the big problem for me is that i think nicholas cage is having some fun with this um you know like he's sort of like okay i'm gonna do dennis hopper from apocalypse now but the film doesn't even let him basically recalibrate or re redo one of those monologues from that film in a fun way or in an ironic right. way you know like it doesn't there isn't there, it's just a it's just an anchor for the actor to hang on to it's nothing that the audience kind of gets out of it yeah. um and so again this is kind of my my thing with this kind of film which is that um i don't like doing these kinds of films just because there's nothing fun in just saying it was dull. You know, like it was. It was just dull. And it was dull well, that's to the watch. Point. And I didn't know I didn't know that it was going no, no, to be not. this dull. Not. Like that's that's the that's the rub of it. I don't do not want to malign a B action movie style because this movie sucked ass. Yeah. Like this movie is just bad. I think there's fun conversations that can be had with B action movies. And and there are people that do this, like that, that talk about these kinds of movies and, and know the world of like, what is a, you know, what is a B action movie that has something in it worth watching? And what's a B action movie that, you know, like, yeah, you can just skip it. And yeah. this feels like this is a, if you, I feel like if you know the world and I, and I will admit, I don't know this world, you know, the director video kind of, um, see, see, cause you mentioned El Mariachi before, which was made as a director video, mm-hmm. um, release. But what happened was, is that people saw it and said, wow, this is actually pretty amazing. And and that elevated its release. Yep. And and this in this case, there's nothing there that's elevating this release for me. Like the, the you know, 
it, no, it does. It does the genre a disservice. It like lowers everything. Like, well, if, but, if I, I, but I think that's what this genre is. It's 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 like you know the straight to video thing isn't. There, there are low expectations here. Sure, right? but also yeah. the the things that I look for is fun. And that fun can be had in multiple places. And although this is a black hole of fun, yeah, um, that I at least thought I would get some sort of enjoyment out of. Uh, and so, so for the first time ever on this podcast, I would like to apologize to Shahir. What for 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 wasting an hour and forty three minutes of his life on this film? I would I... like to apologize to the listeners who watched this movie because. I thought it would be fun. That's there fun. was no, like there's no there's no shame. No, 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 no. There was nothing fun about this. <laughs> the only thing I have and, and you're right, I don't just want to come on and dunk on a movie. I, I looked high and low with this thing to try to find something I enjoyed. Um I, I, there was there was nothing. I mean Nick Cage was was okay in it. Like I, I liked I liked seeing crazy Nick Cage, but I can get that anywhere. And with <laughs> I, I, else. I felt bad for Eddie Steeples, who's um yeah. you remember from My Name is Earl. Yeah. He's pretty much doing that character, you know, like yeah. uh just popping up and, and shouting crazy stuff. Um I was, But like I, again, cut around the editing and whatnot made all of his jokes, even if they were funny individually, yeah, just not land. Nothing landed. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and I and I and I felt bad for him because I you you understood that he'd been brought in for comic relief, mm-hmm. and and it was just kind of misguided. Um, you know, like like you know what would have made this movie fun if Eddie Steeples was the Jake character and was yeah. joking his way through like mm-hmm. everything. I was like, at and least didn't that's... remember he was the jujitsu master. Yeah, yeah. Until the very end, and then the shit could hit the fan. Yeah, like that I, would be great. I would buy that movie. Yeah, you, you see, know? we just did the thing I wanted to do. You <laughs> fixed you fixed jujitsu. You fixed it think, in one I, you fixed it in one stroke because if there was a if there was a focal point of of remote attempts at joy, as I feel that would be, I could forgive a lot of other things or at least blunt the sharp pain into my eyeballs. Um <laughs> The the problem is with Alan Lucy, uh, as much as I'm aware that he is uh, a martial arts master and is well re- regarded within the world of uh, of martial arts, um, you know he was in the the kickboxer retribution film or retaliation mm-hmm. movie. Um, uh, there there's it, it, it kind of falls into that. Uh, what was the movie we saw? Uh, Terminator Dark. The, the, I, again, I don't want to dunk on people, but you know, Jai Courtney. When you sort of watch it, and you're just like, oh, Why? that's Terminator Genesis. No, Terminator. Uh, it is Genesis. Genesis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you're like, why is this? Why is this person the leading man? There's so much. Like in Suicide Squad, there's so much more interesting when they're popping in and being crazy. You know, but it's like, interesting. Captain Boomerang, Jai Courtney, in, in Suicide Squad is actually fun. Yeah, he's fun. <laughs> and and like Alan Mussey, it's just there's nothing. There's no there there. But in, even even so. I don't even again in these movies. I'm not coming at it for acting chops. I'm never coming at it. No, for acting but it's chops. not an acting chops. It's charisma. It's just you know, like like Jean Claude Van Damme is not the greatest actor in the world, but that dude has fucking charisma. But also, <laughs> if you don't have charisma, again, that's a bonus in my opinion. Then you can still make a competent film around a person. Like it doesn't help. No, <laughs> but, but... I, I think that's the baseline for this. For this kind of okay. thing, and that's what Eddie Steeples gives me. 
is like he's got some charisma. Like he's he's fun to watch. Yeah. You know, like I, he's got some swag. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't watch this. No, I'm glad. I'm glad. We, look, we we if we did every movie that I wanted to do every week. Uh, like next week uh, or two weeks from now, we're going to be doing the assassination of Jesse James by the coward mm-hmm, Robert Ford, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I'm without knowing, I feel like that's a movie that's not going to work for you. Oh, interesting. Have you seen it? I don't want to tell you yet. Okay. Have you seen it before? Come on. I don't want to tell you yet. I don't want to give you any information. Okay. I, I, my suspicion is, and this is not based on you. Well, but then what I, is but it that's, based on? It's it. This is the assassination of Jesse James is a movie I love deeply. Sure, but I don't know if I, I don't know. How, like mileage will definitely vary in terms of like I, that's not a movie I recommend to everybody. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, you know what I mean. Um, so I'm I'm curious about how that. But like I think the lack of fun in that movie might be you know comparable to the lack of fun in this movie if you're if you're not on board the train. Oh wow! I certainly fucking hope not. Um, Let's see. Anywho, this has been the only podcast about the film Jujitsu. I hope for the first time for in two hundred and ninety nine episodes that that is a true statement. What about the X, the Triple X movies? Are we are they like at least those are mild. Those are fun. I've never Shahir. Can you remember a time I have had this negative of a reaction to a film? I can't. Oh yeah, it, I, I can't. Spotlight. Um, lots of no, movies. No, I can, no, I can, no, I can, no, rem- no. I can remember no, you having no. tons of I negative have reactions to the movies. Specific problems <laughs> with Spotlight, and I don't enjoy it. Would I ever put Spotlight in this category, or or even in the six layers of hell close to this category? No, and you know that. That's a you know that. that was that a cheap shot on my part? That was a cheap shot uh, because, <laughs> I'm, because I'm trying to think of like movies you didn't like. But but this is the thing. I can normally find things from a from a from a from a filmmaking perspective, or a, a story point, or or a various enjoyment of actors doing a thing, or a camera work that I liked. I can find something <laughs> when I don't like a movie. I, I I like Nick Cage. I like Nick Cage. I like Nick Cage. Shahir, when you're not liking Nick Cage, where can folks find you? Yeah, you can find me uh, trying to find the buried treasure with a map that I've stolen from the Constitu- uh, from the Declaration of Independence on my website at www.shahirdad.com. That's S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-D. Fun fact, never seen a National Treasure movie. Hmm. Matt, when you are enjoying the massive weight of talent that is Nick Cage, where can people find you? You can find me enjoying a peach for hours over at my website, <laughs> M-A-T-T-H-U-W-K-R-O-L dot com for my life and works. Also, Skeletor, the number four, P-R-E-Z on Instagram and P-S-N, and of course, Ever M-S-K on Twitter. Please go check out the good works we are doing over at Extra Credits by the time this comes out. Oh boy, we're going to be on episode four of our End of the Samurai series, where Ep5 actually, I believe, touches on, we actually call it The Last Samurai because it takes place in almost the exact time period as that film, if I'm as correct. That, the Tom Cruise, uh, did they yeah. find the Only the we, we're telling the history of it where there's no Tom Cruise and it's not a white person doing it. Um, <laughs> but uh, we also just released this week, please check it out, I loved it very dearly, the uh, Gravity and the Gun, the science of the um, of the oh, Half-Life the... Gravity Gun. Oh, yeah, uh, that's one of my it, favorite uh, gaming discoveries. Please go watch that year. I think you'd like this. written by a wonderful uh, writer, Dr. Aaron McDonald, who is the um, astrophysicist and Star Trek uh, consultant for all of their uh, uh, astrophysics things for all of their shows. Right. She, uh, so she knows her stuff. She's a wonderful, wonderful uh, resource and human being. Um, 
Yeah, next week we're manking it up. We're going back to an actual film with value, I imagine. Well, and we're and we're uh, finally connecting the dots between our Citizen Kane episode, which came out a couple of weeks ago, uh, and uh, David Fincher's Mank, which is about ostensibly about the making of Citizen Kane. We're drawing uh, a line. We're drawing a line between two episodes. We're, we're hopping over the two episodes in between. Uh, actually, I've, time is a bit of a flat circle. How long ago was Citizen Kane? We've done two we movies. Did, so, yeah, so we've done we've done Run, Run and, and Jiu Jitsu and Jiu Jitsu. So we've we we watched Citizen Kane. Mm-hmm. We ran outside. Mm-hmm. We fought for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now we're going back inside to rewatch the making of Citizen Kane. Yep. Via David Fincher. Yeah. So I think it'll be fun. Um, thank you so week, much. And next week is our 300th episode. It is. It so, is our oh, three- please, if you've made it this far, that means you kind of like us, I think. <laughs> or Maybe you, or, not. Or, we watched jujitsu all the way through. Or you hate yourselves. Either way. Write us in, onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com, and by write, I mean record. Please record your beautiful, melodious voice telling us anything you'd like to for our 300th episode. Um, Again, uh, 15 seconds would be ideal for me because uh, editing and all that jazz. Uh, And and you have your choice. Make me feel bad with a long thing that I have to cut down or uh, make me feel bad by no one writing in. Um, (laughs) But if you care at all about my mental well-being... And you realize that I did watch jujitsu, and you did it for the people. I tried. <laughs> Look, I, it, uh, I, I, I may have failed, but at least unlike jujitsu, I, I gave a shit and attempted a thing. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. That's all. That's all we got. That's all we got. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Uh, appreciate, love you, and uh, hope your week's going great. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. We did it. We did an episode about jujitsu. Ah!